At a remote base in Antarctica, a group of American research scientists are disturbed by a helicopter shooting at a sled dog. When they take in the dog, it brutally attacks both human beings and canines, and they discover that the beast can assume the shape of its victims. A resourceful helicopter pilot played by Kurt Russell and a camp doctor lead the crew in a desperate, gory battle against the vicious creature before it picks them all off one by one. This is John Carpenter's The Thing. All right, y'all. So, I, I'm going to, you know, I always ask you guys quick thoughts. I'm going to start. I love this movie. This movie <laughs> was, I was worried it wasn't going to be as good as I remember. And it was even better than I remember. Not even close. It was like, I knew I remember loving it, but I have fallen back in love with this movie again, all over again. Jared, where are you at? Hey, man. So, obviously, I love this movie. And I'm going to bring up more about why I love it because I found out some new things about it this time around. But holy hell, such a fun movie, exciting movie, good slow burn. But once the burn ends, mm -hmm. it ruptures. And I just loved every second of it. All right. Here's <laughs> Yorton has never seen this movie. And here's where I worry. Okay. I'm so, I don't know here's what you're going to say. Where you worry. What are your thoughts? It's a fun, entertaining movie, I'll say. Uh, good action, good mystery. I I enjoyed it. So I was worried because you are not a big horror fan like me and Jared. Although I, this movie... I would, I would say this is more a mystery thriller than a horror movie. Yeah, I think it's labeled as horror because of the gore and the, and the killing yeah. and the monster. But yeah, it's more of a like a stressful, tense who done it almost you know yeah I'm, I'm with you on that one um it's a real smart take too because there's i don't know man it there's no giant eight foot vegetable man chasing anybody it's an actual monster <laughs> this time um but let's uh, talk but go ahead i i wanted to say now now i can i understand all the jokes when people are like hey uh let's uh among us they need to make that to the movie and then other people are like oh they already have it's the thing <laughs> it really is um okay let's talk about john carpenter because i've realized he's behind a lot of my favorite things like he's i would say the thing is tied with alien for my favorite sci-fi slash horror movie and he he made the thing he he did they live i watched they live with my now wife but she was my girlfriend at the time about about six years ago i was like i heard this movie's wild just kind of crazy and we watched it and i was like this movie fucking rocks and then I, halloween is a classic i mean those are my three favorites and he he did the music to halloween too which is nuts that he also does the score to some of his movies like the talent this man has um i don't know what is it jared about john carpenter that it's like he has an imprint so he can kind of like Put his own spin on. I don't. I don't even know because he has some movies that are wild and some movies that are just like like this that are legit great movies. I don't know. And so my thing about him is that like, I mean, obviously he does a couple franchises. If you look through, you'll see he'll do, do like separate franchises. But like every single movie he makes, it just feels different. So much different than what he's doing. So he has a. Obviously, he has a certain style on how he shoots his movies, but it's just he's also like writing these movies and composing for them and edit, editing some of them. So they just all feel so different and so unique. Um, like I always tell you guys on this podcast, like my favorite director is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Edgar Wright and mm -hmm. the Coen brothers. But when we're looking through this guy's filmography again, I'm just like, I think I've seen, like Jordan just said before the podcast, did you watch all of them? And I'm like, almost. <laughs> no, man, he just makes like good movies. And it's just like the thing about it. They don't have to be like fantastic. They don't have to be great. He just doesn't really make, there's no bad films outside of Halloween three. Um, and he didn't even direct Halloween. Yeah, 3, he did. So he did the first it. Halloween and that was it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's like no bad, he didn't direct like a, like a bad movie. Some are just like, man, but none are actually like bad. So, what are your favorite three? Oh, this is going to be tough. So, 
I have to go with my favorite. My favorite is Big Trouble Little China. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, to me, that's one of my top ten favorite movies. I can watch that movie over and over and over again. because And it also has Kurt Russell, who's in this movie. And he is just the dumbest person ever. Um, yeah. So John Carpenter made that movie off of like stereotypes. And it was just off an American stereotype. And he was just awesome. It was so funny. Um, number two, would definitely, got, I got to go Halloween. Got to go with the classic Halloween. The original Halloween is still so good, rewatchable. I can watch that over and over it's, again. It's like timeless. Back back. It scares. It scares every new generation. You know. And I just get so like. I mean, obviously, I know Ray. I'm going to speak for you as well. We've seen it so many times. We know it's happening, but we're just like, oh yeah, let's go, let's <laughs> yeah. go, let's go. <laughs> it's the ultimate rewatchable. It's it's definitely our Hall of Fame when we get to it. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, that one, and this is tough. But I have to give it to the namesake of one of my favorite video game characters, Snake. Uh, Hideo Kojima named him after this character, Snake Plissken. Mm-hmm. So Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., I'm going to do both hybrid. So that's who Hideo Kojima named uh, Solid Snake after and even gave him the eye patch. So I thought it was awesome. I never put that together, but it's so obvious. <laughs> Jordan, um Oh, I, I, you probably, I mean, you said you've seen two movies, so it's, I mean, Halloween and this. So, I mean, I'm not going to ask you this question, but I will say, do you think you're looking at these movies and they're not big budgets? I think he comments on this because I know you, you probably want to talk about the effects, the special effects in this movie. Is he the king of like low budget movies? Is he the king of low? I, I would say very stylized with the effects and everything. I'm not going to say necessarily low budget because I felt like. They had a decent budget on it, but it was fifteen million dollars for this movie in the eighties. Fifteen, yeah, that that would be like a forty million dollar movie nowadays. Okay. Well, I guess so it, yeah, you're right. Maybe, it's a decent budget. Maybe yeah, maybe my terminology was wrong there. I just yeah. I guess I'm saying he never get he doesn't get these these blockbuster budget movies, and he makes these movies no. that perform. I mean, this didn't perform very well, but. Like he makes these timeless movies that just last forever on the, what he I has. I feel like you know? he's very good with the special effects from what I've seen with his movies. I mean, and seeing the clips for the other ones, <laughs> uh, he he knows and it has a distinct image that he wants to put into the movies, mm-hmm. and he 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 makes sure that everything looks right. I feel like is the big thing for him. It, it's the way he wants it to be. He also has a way of getting like. People want to be in a John Carpenter movie. Like, he loves Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell kept coming back, and he was like, he just loved him. I think there was a quote where he said, like, Kurt Russell's like one of my favorite people because he's not afraid to put his career on the line to play some idiot for me in a movie. You know, he's just willing <laughs> That's to risk exactly it. who Jack Burton is. He's <laughs> not. Yeah, he's not scared to look a fool in a movie, and here he is. Um, I mean, that's the same thing. Oh, sorry. To no, no, I'm done. Go ahead. No, and it was this is the same thing with Jamie Lee Curtis. She wanted to come back for the Halloween movies when they said, "Hey, we're probably going to reboot this or like soft reboot the series." And she's like, "Well, let me come back." She mm-hmm. was one like she wanted to come back, and it's like Jamie Lee Curtis. Like seriously, yeah, you want to come back and do Halloween again? So that's what I'm saying. Like these uh, well-established, well-renowned actors still want to work with him. So it's like, but he you know, didn't. What he's doing. He didn't do the new Halloween movie that she was in. No, but he did uh, help write and everything. No, he wrote it. Oh, That's did what he I'm really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So it was like he his sequel to the original. He produced and wrote both all the yeah, Halloween no, movies. No, so he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. And so she was like, oh, yeah, if he's attached, I'll come back. That's awesome. Um, I love that. Also, like I, th- I brought it up earlier, but like, man, he didn't do the music for this movie. and But the fact that like one of the most memorable scores in all of cinema history. He's also behind. Like, it's just nuts that he, he's uh, like, I'm going to do the music too. Yeah. Are you ready? What? This is what I was waiting on. The music composer for this movie was Eno Morricone. Do you know what he is famous for producing? Didn't he do the hateful the eight? Bad, the ugly. Yeah. A fistful of dollars and a few dollars more. So oh, all okay. the spaghetti western songs, the that we like with Clint Eastwood, he's producer for all of those movies. That's cool. Um, I mean, cool. What? 
I'm just saying. I mean, I. That's not it's cool. a weird transition. That's amazing. Um, this is like one of the greatest music producers that we've had in movies, and he got him to produce the music for the thing yeah, of all movies. Nice. I want to talk about the music for this movie here in a little bit, but um, because I'm curious where you guys stand on it. But where does this movie? I just want to. I just want to talk about where this movie ranks on. Jared, I'll start with you first because we're the horror guys. Where does this movie rank in your horror movie Hall of Fame? Like, is this in your Hall of Fame for um, favorite horror movies? Yeah, it's in the Hall of Fame, but it's it's kind of down there. There are others that are up there in the Hall of Fame, but <clears throat> excuse me, the horror Hall of Fame. This is definitely worthy, though. Man, I mean, I don't know. It's Alien and this for I me. Enjoy. It's Alien, this Event Horizon, and I, I got to think of another. See. This is like we we both love horror movies, but we both prefer different types yeah. of horror movies. I'm more of the psychological mm-hmm. horror type, um, and the um, paranormal horror type, where you're more of the sci-fi horror. I think I, I like them all, but I think yeah, if if I had to pick a preference, you're right. Well, yeah, I mean, because yeah. if I'm being honest, like obviously Alien uh, and Event Horizon are both in mine as well. But like, Event Horizon, sci-fi and psychological, that movie will fuck you up, like The Watcher. <laughs> it'll it'll mess you up. But yeah, we I think we have our different avenues in horror. Um, okay, so one of the things about this movie is there's a lot of characters. What's cool about it. And I, I only bring this up because I read the story that this movie was based off of. And in the story, I didn't know who was who. I couldn't. They all said they all sounded the same. I, I didn't know. I couldn't keep track of names. In this movie, it was just so much easier. They all had different personalities. Um, just all wildly different, too. Like, I love the chef just rollerblading around. Um, <laughs> Childs was a hard-ass... Kurt Russell was just a cool dude. The doctor was just, you know, I don't know. Everyone is very defined. Distinct. I felt like. Yeah. And exactly. And I just liked it a lot. Um, I love that they all had, they all had the personality and I hate to bring this comparison up again, but it's like the movie alien each one of those members of the, of the crew were, they felt like real people working in a spaceship. And it felt like these people were like, were, Real people just doing their jobs down here. I don't know. Jordan, you want to talk about that for a little bit? No, I think you're uh, exactly right what I liked about the movie. Uh, because I have trouble with names, and so I always have trouble remembering the names. But I'm like, oh, but it's that guy that does da-da-da. It's the guy that handles the dogs. And they gave them distinct jobs and distinct personalities, but didn't have to go tropey with them. But like... Yeah, and so that way you had a good feeling of each character, and even ha- towards the end of the movie, how they would all respond to different situations. So one of the critiques that I'll just I'll skip ahead to Roger Ebert real quick. He wasn't a big fan of this movie, and he one of his complaints was all the characters like made the wrong decisions. And in my head, I'm like, they're freaking out because now their best friend might be a monster, and they don't know. Like, and you're stuck in the middle of. There's, there's nowhere, right? You, I, I don't think... That that, uh, that always bugs me when people criticize movies for like, oh, people made the wrong decision. When in real life, when people are under that much stress, they're going to make stupid decisions and wonder, what the hell were you thinking? And I don't think it's stupid. They're trying to survive, you know? Like, yeah. some of it was stupid, yeah. Um, Jared, who's your favorite character in this movie? Um... I would say Kurt Russell. Okay, aside from Kurt Russell, he, he's clear number one. Oh, I mean, for memes, it's Wilford Brimley, but honestly, it's uh, Keith Richards uh, in Childs. I thought he was a good character um, because the reason why I love Childs so much, I mean, okay, so I think Childs in this movie is a better character than Kurt Russell. I just love Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because I think Childs, or they did a better jeer job with childs because they made him unassuming like you didn't know what he was until the very end of the movie until like they actually did the test on his blood because at times we were like i don't know he could be an imposter but then at times like he's kind of human but you always waffle on that character until obviously they did the blood test and i just love but even other characters we don't know even at the end we don't know so that's what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. i thought he was um 
I thought he was just really good. I thought he was a good, well-written character. And obviously, Keith Richards is a good actor, but he, he's typecast a lot now. So he never gets to show off his acting chops. Mm-hmm. But no, I thought I thought that was a great character and obviously well-acted. All right. I'm going to give you the floor here. Why is Kurt Russell your favorite actor? Just sing his praises. Um... As John Carpenter said, man, he just is not afraid to play the character, uh, play a fool. I'm gonna like go, I'm gonna go to his filmography. He's in like the Fast and the Furious series, just playing, a, just a no. His character is Mister Nobody. It's just the dumbest character ever. But then he plays Stuntman Mike in Death Proof, which is a very fucking good movie. If y'all haven't watched it, and he just plays a great character. Then he plays in like 3,000 Miles to Graceland, which is the dumbest movie ever. <laughs> He's really good at it. He just plays it. so many different characters um, in all of his movies. And then, I, I don't know, dude. He's just so good. He's so versatile. He's handsome. He's charming. He is the, the nice version of Harrison Ford to me. So <laughs> last, last week we, uh, when me and my buddy were talking about the story who goes there um we found out that the names of the book carry over to this movie like a lot of the names are the same child is the only new character um and so i was like once i figured that out in the when i was reading i was like okay so this guy's kurt russell right and the way they described kurt russell was like this bronze strong man who was like super tall and buff it was just really weird and then i brought that up to my buddy and he was just like I mean, I don't know. Kurt Russell's a handsome ass man. Like he, <laughs> so he's just. You're right. He's he's just a good looking dude. That's impossible to like or dislike. I mean, he's he's impossible to hate. Yorton, is he one of your favorite actors, or you just you just like him? Cause... I I just enjoy uh, when he's in a movie. I feel like yeah, he's going to give it at all, and I just enjoy him. I won't say he's necessarily one of my favorite, but I mean. I'm thinking through going through his IMDb's and like one of my favorite roles that he does is Sky High as the commander as the Superman dad basically. <laughs> I have not it seen is, that. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. And I, he just eats it up like that all his lines and everything. He's just so good at it. I just think he's effortlessly cool. Like he doesn't and have to the, try. Okay. So I'm, I forgot. I'm still going down his filmography. If you watch the movie Soldier, mm-hmm. he plays like this stoic, robotic, like army soldier guy. Hence the name. And it's just like this character has like two lines. He's very stone. He's just like this character sucks. But then you see it's like Kurt Russell playing him, and it's just like okay, well, yeah, <laughs> character sucks, but it's Kurt Russell. Uh, I mean, so it's not even Kurt Russell sucks. The the, yeah. the character they wrote sucks. Let's talk so, about let's talk about the Captain. Oh, hold on, all right. <laughs> oh, you got movie. more. Okay. Tombstone, wider. Holy hell! I can't believe I forgot that. Never mind. Kurt Russell, greatest actor ever. <laughs> He's also in Tarantino's. Uh, what is it? What's that movie? Death Proof. Death Proof, but he's in the newer one. Yeah. They're like in a cabin and they're like... Oh, Hateful Eight. Is it Hateful Eight? Is I that, that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, I need to go on a Tarantino binge and finish his later movies. All right. Let's talk about the potential MVP of this movie, and that is the special effects, y'all. So these effects, especially for 1982, are fucking amazing. Like, I love great special effects that are practical because it they're tangible. You can... They, they look like stuff you can go out there and touch. Whereas a lot of the CG in movies nowadays look really good, but there's something about knowing you can touch whatever's on the screen and it's a real item that just makes it more authentic. And I know there's a lot of like stiffness to some of the props that are using, but man, it still works for me. I don't know. Did it still work for you, Jared? Did it hold up? Um. Yeah, man. Like this time... I. Cause it's been, it's, I think it's been about two years since I watched it, um, and I was just like, every time I watch this movie, I forget how like good the animation is for like 1982, mm-hmm. um, or not the animation, sorry, the animatronics. Because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah animatronics. It's unreal. Sorry. Well, I feel yeah. like in the 80s though, that's also the peak of like animatronics and stuff. So, but I, again, I like going into the, like that. Oh, sorry, Jordan. 
No, he- oh, so I feel like this is one of the examples of like what uh, what are, they can pull off and everything with animatronics and uh, puppetry uh, like that. Because this Henson is too. right after, yeah. Because this is like right after Star Wars, pretty much with, it, oh, with yeah. all their puppetry. And so, like that's what I was saying. But even though with his budget of only like sixteen million, so we like we guess it's like around forty million. Assume. But, like, still with that budget to do, like, all the animatronics that he did throughout that movie is just, like, pretty good. I feel like half the budget was spent on fake blood. <laughs> um, oh, God. Hey, I was blown away, Jordan. Do you have anything you want to say about the special effects? Uh, just that it was the fact that it was very distinct and he had a clear image when he was going with them. And very memorable. He was really trying to make you uncomfortable, it. you know? like, And it kind of worked. I was like, oh, this is a lot of fucking blood. Yeah, because... He tried to go, he he was doing something that's very hard where it's so out there, but you still need to make it believable that mm-hmm. it's something hard to pull off because he wanted to make sure it looked so alien and completely non-human or non-from Earth. I love specifically that there was a moment where the creature starts expanding and kind of becoming more of its natural self. And you see like a human head up top and then the dog snout sticking out. So it kind of kept attributes of the, the things it had mimicked before. Like it hadn't fully got rid of them. And I was just like, good Lord, whoever built that needs an award. Um, The last thing before we go into our categories, or actually before you guys go down your notes, I just want to say I was blown away. Like I was actually thinking... This dog is amazing. Like, he was an amazing actor. Never once looked at the screen. He, like, had moments where he stopped and, like, looked around and was like, oh, shit, do they know I'm a monster? Like, I felt like the dog was just as good an actor as the people in the movie. Like, I was blown away by the dog's acting. And so was John Carpenter, apparently. He even said, like, the dog is one of the best dog actors that's ever been... A dog, I guess. I don't even know. Um, but it's just something when you rewatch it, just watch the dog. Like it's it's unreal how good that dog is. Did you notice it this time, Jared? Oh yeah. Um I mean, it's just so funny because I'm like when the, every time I watch it, I'm just like, hey man, like yeah, I get so again, I'm into these movies now, slow burn horror movies, but as I watched it previously, I'm just like, hey man, like get to the good stuff, get to where the dog gets eaten. Get, come on, come on, let's get there. This time I was like, okay, okay, okay. Man, that dog is awesome. <laughs> it's weird watching it now because I, I knew what I remember about this movie is the ending, and I also knew that I knew about the blood test, and I remembered the dog was the outbreak monkey. Like that, the dog was the one that started it, right? And so watching the dog this time, knowing the dog was the monster, like, Watching him early on in the movie and knowing that no one else knows this, that like dramatic irony there, and just like as it lingered, the camera would linger on the dog. And there's a scene where the dog would turn its head and realize no one else is in the hallway, so he's going to enter this room with this man that's in there alone, you know. And you're like, oh shit, is he gonna eat? Is he gonna take over this man right now? But you don't know that unless you've seen the movie, and it kind of adds a second rewatchability to it. Yorton, did you notice that they were lingering on the dog? Mm-hmm. Were you, were you curious what was going on? Did you know it was? I figured there was something fishy with the dog. Um, I didn't because I really went into this movie blind, mm-hmm. and so I had like a little bit of hinkering of information, but that was about it. So, but yeah, I, I figured the way that they were shooting the dog and the sort of the sh- shadowy and a bit cagey when I was wandering around, there was definitely something up with the dog. Did you think it? Did you also think it might be a setup and they're going to like subvert your expectations and it wasn't the dog? Or were you just like, no, nah, this dog's fucking sketchy? Uh, I, I was pretty sure that uh, there was something up with the dog. I, I, I didn't think they were going to subvert my expe- expectation. The only guy that, the only person that subvert my expectation on, uh, on it was the actual uh, dog handler guy, that he wasn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Because I was expecting him to be uh, one of the monsters. Me too. I think that's the room the dog went in the night before. And he just kind of hung out with that guy. I was like, uh-oh. Um, Jared, 
I don't remember them actually visiting the the crash site. Um, and then when that happened, I was like, "Oh man, this movie!" I forgot they like dove into the fact that it actually is an alien and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. Do you remember that? And did you like that? Um, no, I was. Um, there are a couple of similarities from the one that we watched uh, last week mm-hmm. that that really did pop up. And when I was watching this, it made me notice that scene more. Mm-hmm. Actually, so, um, again, podcast listeners, it's not me saying you go watch the other one. Please don't. Um, <laughs> no. And so, like, when I realized it, I was like, that made me notice the scene more. Because every time I watch it, I don't really, like, it's a throwaway scene to me. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Throwaway scene. But then this time when I'm watching it, I was like, ah, okay, it's, uh, they're, they're visiting the alien scene. Like, the the scene for when he, where he landed sorry so like that time that's why like i noticed it more coming off of that movie yeah they they pulled off a lot of small things from the original movie into this movie especially with a lot of the norwegian stuff like how they were dumping kerosene and everything <laughs> Oh, and yeah. they did the whole circle thing around uh, when they were measuring it out, like in the original movie. Yeah. And they th- I just thought that was interesting that they had a lot of similar scenes that uh, were a little relate back, but not being blatant about it. All right. Jared, do you have any notes you want to go down before we move on to our categories? Uh, yes. I'm going to go with the overall theme of the movie, the movie, uh, this movie. Um, obviously, it's based on the book. Um but they use themes about McCarthyism mm-hmm. and coming from the cold war there. I'm not sure. Cause I haven't listened to, sorry. I'm, I haven't listened to the bonus episode yet. Ray, please don't hate me. Um, <laughs> did y'all talk about this? No, talk we didn't about talk about theme? McCarthyism at all. We were just like, we were just critiquing the, the writing and that's about it. Okay. So yeah, McCarthyism is the thing. What McCarthyism is, it happened during the Cold War, so General McCarthy, um, Senator, Senator. Sorry, I said General. My bad, Jordan. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he was accusing uh, fellow members of Congress and the Senate of being Cold War spies and working mm-hmm. with uh, USSR. So that's kind of the themes of this movie. You don't know who is who or what is what. So you're just accusing everyone, as you can see in this movie, when Kurt Russell shot a guy in the head, um, just because he was charging at him, he's like, "Hey, you must be an alien." Shoot you in the head. Well, I mean, thing- that's the, that's that guy's fault for charging him. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah it, it, I mean, well, now that we know that he wasn't an alien, yeah, it was his fault. Well, um, I think he wasn't an alien, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, but at the no. time, yeah. yeah. So don't no. <laughs> charge a paranoid guy with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Just a good so idea. no, it's just going into the whole thing of just we're just it's it's a cold war, it's a standoff, it's just like who's who, but and that's the thing that he wanted to push forward through this movie, and I just thought it was really well done in this sense. Um, a hey, lot of things. One more I, thing about McCarthyism. Uh, one of my favorite things when I was teaching juniors a while, a long time ago, was we would make sure we timed up reading the Crucible whenever they were learning about McCarthyism in, in their history oh, that's, class. That's great. That's a great one. And we would just tell them at the end, like we just, they, we would hope they would come to the realization themselves as they're starting to burn these witches and like arrest them and stuff. And there are witches in quotes. I mean, that they're like, does this remind you of anything kids? You know, we we're hoping they would come to them <laughs> themselves. And we'd be like, yes, this, this is the story was written based on the idea. It's like, telling you the history of something and showing you through someone. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. All right. What, what, are, your, what are the rest of your notes? No. And I just love that. Oh, Oh, okay. Sorry. No, I just love that. How. Uh Oh, Jared's going to throw up. You're going to fart. What's going on? <laughs> oh no. All right. Um, Yorton, what'd you love about this movie, man? Actually, you know, I'm curious, Jordan. What did you not like about this movie? Because you aren't you're high on it, but not as high as me and Jared. Yeah, uh, I just think it didn't wow me as much as you guys. With it's one of those movies where I really can't think much of fault with it. 
It's just more the fact that it didn't excite me or get me going as much as you guys are with it. So it's just a good, solid movie, but mm-hmm. there was no wow factor, I felt like, for me on it. Okay. Um, what what movie... How would it like? What movies have a wow factor for you? I'm curious. I'm trying to pinpoint. Yeah, your style, uh, your taste here. I I know I and I I have a pretty broad taste if you see the, from all the movies I've talked about. Okay, how about everything. this? What are your so, top name three of your favorite movies like all time? I'm trying. To, I'm going to uh, try to find a common denominator here. Don't even think I can. I always joke that the Armageddon's number one, but like <laughs> I'm trying to think two, three, and I'm just like drawing a blank on what what are my top of the. But like even when we we're talking about um, series or something, as we we're talking about the Ghost in the Shell, that's one of my favorite series mm-hmm. in general. Um, what about that movie? The Classic Park is uh, one of my favorite movies. Um, and then, yeah, the Star Wars. Okay, there's no common denominator there. There's nothing there. I don't know what wows you. That's funny. Just something hits you and it hits you, and I can't can't figure out what it is. Jared, you want to finish that last point of yours? All right. Yeah. So, sorry, I um, had to burp, and it was taking its (laughs) sweet time. Um, (laughs) I thought you were, like, going to vomit. I was like, I hope he muted his mic, man. (laughs) No, I just love, um, again, I know we talked about the animatronics, but uh, one of the things I'm going to like is just, it's a very gross movie. It's a very disgusting way. movie. It, but in that sense, the way that they do the gross and do disgusting, they make it actually seem semi-realistic. Mm-hmm. And so that's the part that I like, that sounds, uh, it sounds bad, but I kind of enjoyed that. That they didn't do just like gross and over the top just because they made it seem like realistic and this thing was actually inhabiting the body and taking the shape and they took you through steps of the metamorphosis yeah, and it's man. not like oh it was an alien oh now it's a thing or now it's like a person oh back to the thing oh to a dog no 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 they took you through that metamorphosis and it's as nasty and gross as that was it was just really cool to just be in that sci-fi mindset at that moment. It was one of my favorite parts was watching when they took over the red-haired guy and they found him out in the snow and he was almost done transforming but he had these giant claws in his hands. Oh yeah. And they're like, "Oh man, this is this is not my best friend, you know?" I don't know, man. It was so good. There's so many good good parts about this movie. I I mean, the fact that at the end the is it the scientist who's locked away in the shack by himself. Yeah. So in the story, it gets a little ridiculous there. And in the story, he's, he, he's creating an anti-gravitational device so he can fly off to the nearest city, which is kind of ridiculous. But in this one, he's, he's trying to rebuild his spacecraft. And I was like, Oh man, that's nuts. Cause after reading the story, it was just like, I didn't realize they were going to do this in the movie as well. Just kind of like make it, more real um i like that man i like that a lot i like visiting the the norwegian base too and watching that whole scene unfold um all right jordan any notes uh nothing i don't really but i thought not not for me no okay let's go to best scene here um this is a nominee but only because i want to talk about it briefly not because i think it's the best scene the opening with the spaceship crash landing on Earth, I forgot that was a thing. Um, it's very forgettable, but now that I've seen it again, I was like, it almost sets the tone of like, this is going to be a B movie, right? Because it's not the best effects, but it works. Well, but then, it, oh, go ahead. Yeah, because it's uh, CG in 1980s, so that's sweet. They're, they're great, the practical effects in the 80s, but CG-wise, yeah. I almost think you work. could get rid of that scene. Um. It doesn't really offer much to the movie, but I liked it anyway because it just reminded me, oh, yeah, the 80s baby. Um, And I really love the logo reveal. So Alien has the small lines that just appear, and then it eventually forms the word Alien. This one's just that font, and it's like, the thing. (laughs) I loved it. Um, 
Let's talk about the blood test scene. That's another nominee. That was so cool watching these guys who you know some of them are the monster and they're like putting up a case where you're like, okay, I, I really believe he's not the monster. And he turns out to be the monster, like the which I don't I forget who they were. But Jared, is this probably your favorite scene? Oh, it definitely is my favorite scene. Um obviously it's been parody in other forms of media as well. Um most notably South Park, but uh, no, I think it's just a very iconic scene. It's a great scene mm-hmm. uh, as we go through because, again, if you haven't watched the movie, it's, it's like a really intense scene because you're just like, oh, shit, especially after the first few are just like all negative. You're just like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, what's co- somebody's going to be it. Who's going to be it? And I just thought it was great. Um, and then especially like it kind of sucked that Windows got axed right there. Um, I'm like, no, Windows. Is, is, that, but, is, is that when he was like, he froze and he, he like didn't fire the fire launcher? Yeah, he just forward? didn't shoot. Oh. And then it just bit his head off. <laughs> My favorite part about that scene, though, was when it started transforming and the other guy's tied to the chair like, yo, give me the fuck off this chair. Yeah. He's transforming. <laughs> like, how scary would that be? Like, we're going to die right here. Let me go. <laughs> um, I love that scene to death. That was actually... The exact same way they tested in the in the in the novella as well. It was much easier to understand here. The way he wrote it in the story was kind of like, wait, what are they doing? I didn't understand, but it was way better here. The autopsy scene is is the next one we want to talk about here. Um, man, I don't know. Was that CGI when it opened up his ribs and just? No, it was so practical. That's fucking nuts. Like, how were they able oh, to no. do that? Um, oh. They got a w, double amputee to do that scene. No, I mean yeah. the body that opens up. Oh, no, it was just all proper. He got like a vice. That's nuts, man. Um, and they were using actual animal organs for that scene as well, which grossed out everybody except the guy doing the scene. Um, but you're right, Jared. They used, that's one of my trivia, is they used an actual amputee, and you don't notice it because you're staring at the arms missing. But he's wearing a mask, apparently, of the actor he's supposed to be playing. And it's not a very good mask. But none of us notice because we're staring at the arms that are just not there anymore. Jordan, what are you looking up, buddy? Well, um, continue talking because there's a video about explaining. And I was going to post it to you later. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I thought you had something you were going to show us. Um, so that that's a scene for me as well. Um, the other nominee I have is the ending. I just love the ambiguous ending. Where it's like, clearly, if one of them is going to be the monster, it's dead anyway. So they might as well just sit here and die together because there's nowhere for this monster to go. I just love that dialogue where it's like, well, what do we do now? And he's just like, I guess, you know, we can just hang out here and wait till the end. Um, That's probably my favorite scene. Just because I love ambiguous endings like that. Um, Yorton, did you like this ending? Would you have ended it differently? Yeah. Uh, I feel like the ending worked real well. Um, because it really gives you a question of is the problem solved or or they are one of them the monsters now? Or it really it was a good way to leave it um, ambiguous where you don't know exactly how it's going to go. I do like that they're both willing to just die for the betterment of the world. Like, look, we neither one of us can go back. Like, because we just don't trust that you're you, you know? Jared, do you, would you have ended it any well, differently? Well, I can have a counter with your, your decision on there. Okay. They could have ended up being the uh, monster at some point, and they wanted to just freeze because they were the monster. And they were like, look, we can't leave, so That's we're just true. going to throw some there and set it up where they take everyone out. You're right, because they do talk about how it just wants to freeze again and be found later on, right? Mm. Yeah. Jared? Would you have ended it any differently? Nope. I love the ambiguous ending. Um, ambiguous, in, like, I'm not going to say I love all ambiguous endings because I was just about to say that, but I like ambiguous endings that are done in conjunction, like with the film. They just don't, hey, fade to black. But I like ambiguous yeah. endings that actually fit in with the theme. And so that obviously fit in with the theme. So they shot a few alternate endings for this. 
And one of them was, I have it written down here. One of them was, one shows the creature running away unnoticed into the night. I don't like that one. I'm glad they didn't do that one. The, another one shows Childs walking into the snowstorm, leaving Kurt Russell by himself. Would have been all right. And then the last one they filmed was where they both commit suicide by dynamite, which I felt would have been a good ending as well. But I think the one we got where they just wait out their death was even better. Do you like? Do you guys like any one of those three more than what we got? I feel, I feel like if you wanted to go like the typical hero one, you'd have ended up with them blowing themselves up. But the fact that they ended the way they did, I felt like a bit more real of how real people would act for it. Yeah, I'm with you. and where it could also like how I brought up it, it leaves a opening where they could be one of the aliens. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's kind of what you have to. Like go when it ends, you I think you're thinking like one of them is a fucking alien. Um all right. Jared, what's your pick here? What's the best what's the best scene in the movie? You you said the Oh the blood test. Blood test scene. Okay. Yorton? Oh yeah, hands down the blood test scene. There you go. It's just a great scene because it's 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 finally when the movie kicks off and you're like, Oh no, it, there's imposters among us now. The reason why I like it, though, it understands tension where it's something they're doing something very simple, but the ramification of what they're doing is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's just a good way to show tension of just something as simple as like, oh, I'm heating up the blood and see what's going to happen. (laughs) It's really smart, too. Um, Man, I forgot to write down. There's a few lines in this movie. I I forgot to write them down when I was watching. I was so into the movie. Jared, you're going to help me out here. There any lines you wrote down that you liked for best line? Oh, I did not. I'm sorry. I no, it's too focused. I like I just I just enjoyed this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> best lines from the thing. God, there's one line that stuck out to me. Um the Rick ending Rick where he says, Why don't we just wait here and see what happens? Um I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and pissed off. Whatever it is, no, it's a weak <laughs> line. Um, I got a good laugh. All right, what I, is it? <laughs> no, from the line you just said. You're like, it's oh. a dumb line. I thought it was a funny line. Sorry, this is yeah. bad podcasting, but I'm going to find it. It's not Holy Cats. That's for sure. Like from the last movie. I like that they keep calling him Swedes. It's like Norwegian. Over and over. Damn it, I can't find it. I'll look for it in a little bit. We'll come back to it. Um, Okay. MVP of the movie. Here are the nominees. The special effects. The music. John Carpenter. And Kurt Russell. Um, I want to see if I can pull up the music real quick. I just... that Maybe I can describe it. It's that... Bum, 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 bum. Just low pulsing sound that just made my hair stand up. Um, that's kind of the that's the sound that really sold the movie to me. I don't know. Am I alone there, Jared? I mean, like I I spoke about the music earlier. I think I mean when you get possibly one of the arguably the greatest music composers in film to do your score for a horror movie, I think it's just fan fucking tastic i love the music um so what's your pick man you got special effects music kurt russell john carpenter this is tough because i definitely want to go with the music but i gotta i gotta just go with the special effects man it's, uh, it's hard not to up, it's impossible i'm reading to. up on the guy who led the special effects team and apparently he lived at the studio for like months. Yeah. He ended up having to go to the hospital. He's working so hard. And it's just like, shout out to that guy. But holy hell, did you deliver a masterpiece? Jordan, special effects? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go with John Carpenter himself because I feel like, yes, the special effects is a big part of it. But I also feel like that's sort of... A, what John Carpenter brings to it, where he mm-hmm. brings the talent that he w- wants and knows ha- how to show it, from what I've seen with everything he's done. 
So, yes, I'm going to go directors, but I am going to acknowledge that, yes, a large part of it has to do with the special effects. So you make a good point. I would say because if I hadn't seen the original 1951 version, I would have said practical effects. But now seeing what someone can do with the story, like, oh, this is what happens when you put the story in the hands of an artist, like someone, you give him a little money, you know, he creates a, a classic. So I want to go with John Carpenter as well, but it's really 1A, 1B. There's no loser here. Six man, I have Keith David as Childs. He's my sixth man of the movie. Jared, who you got? Uh, Keith David as well. Jordan? Uh, just music. The I was going to go. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with Child. Uh, he, I enjoyed all his scenes with it. I was also thinking the captain. I also enjoyed him as sort of like a foil for people, or not necessarily a foil, but just to counter to what a lot of people were wanting to do. And he, I do like that. Is that is he the guy who was like, look, I'm assuming someone else will want to take charge now that I'm potentially yeah. a monster. I thought that was really cool. Um, I want to go ahead and shout out Mac and Windows. <laughs> I don't know if that was planned or not to have Mac and Windows in the same movie. Um I think it was before Mac and Windows had their giant PC war, so I just thought it was no, funny. No, it would be a... It was 86, right? This was 82. No, 82. 82. Ooh. I think you it was just right. coincidence. That's crazy, though. Um, those are... I just... The names are what I'm shouting out. I also want to shout out the chef. He was he was a cool he was a cool dude. Jordan, who are you going to shout out, man? Shout out... Uh, the doctor that gets locked away and everything creates I, his own UFO. I enjoyed him. Yeah, creates his own UFO. It just when he's going crazy and everything, I, I I enjoy sometimes when people just go flat out crazy, crazy, and he went complete. <laughs> Jared, who's your shout out, man? Uh, the dog. Oh fuck! How did I forget the dog? That seriously, the dog. I want to make him the MVP. He was so damn good in this movie. I, if you have not seen this movie or you have seen it and you never noticed, just watch, just rewatch it and watch the acting from this dog. It's, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. That's a good pick. Um, our next category is called Let's Fix This Movie. I mean, no, we're not going to. It's perfect. We're going to skip this category unless one of you have something you want to suggest. I can't really think of anything I would. I was about to say, just mute. You can. You're the host, Ray, so you can just mute your. <laughs> Let's fix this movie, Jordan. I can't hear Jordan's you. Like what I you got something. <laughs> no, I. I said I. I can't think of anything at the moment where I'd want to. How I'd want to improve it. So here's a question for you. I'll start with Jordan. Jordan, who do you think, or do you think one of the last remaining two guys, Childs and Kurt Russell, is the monster? And if so, who is it? I'll give it like a 30% chance that it's one of them. I don't necessarily know who it is, but I, I've, I, I'm i going to give odds on 30% that one of them's the monster. See, I would say I'm kind of with you. Man, but man, Child's running out at the end when he's supposed to stay and wait for him to return. is sketchy as fuck, right? And that's <laughs> what puts that 30% in your head, right? You're like, oh, no, why would he do that? And I don't think it's Kurt Russell because we never saw a moment where he could have been taken over. I I honestly give it almost even odds that it could be either one of them. But how could it be Kurt? Jared, chime in here. How could it be Kurt Russell? Because we never we saw him and he never got taken over. I feel like we are with him enough to know if he got taken over or not. It's none of them. Okay. So you don't you think know. Okay, so why the do you believe Childs when he said he thought he saw someone running. And he just chased after him. No, I mean, I, I believe it's none of them. Yeah, I mean, they're both like through the movie. They both have clearly established they're very headstrong characters. They both think they should be the leader. They so they're living true to who they are in that moment. And everybody who's been taken over the as a monster or as the thing, they've been easily figured out because they haven't been specifically true to who they are. So, okay. There is no answer to this question, obviously. But there is. John Carpenter was asked about this. And he said, Look, there's only, if you rewatch that scene, it's pretty clear. It's well lit. Only one of the two men were breathing at the end of the film. 
Childs was not breathing, so he is the thing. That's what he said. And I don't know. I mean, it could, it's not canon because I guess if you want to take his word, but it's not explicitly clear. I need to rewatch it and see if that's true or not. But then there's other evidence that suggests he's not the thing because when the thing takes over, like any modifications you've had to your body, like piercings and stuff, aren't there. And Childs has both of his ears. And apparently he doesn't have both in the movie. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's confusing. Um, okay. Um, trivia time. John Carpenter said this is his favorite movie that he's made. Um, he's already talked about the animal organs. We already talked about the amputee and the ending. So there you go. There's the trivia. All right. So we were going to play the Rotten Tomatoes game, but Jared is too honest of a person, and he accidentally saw the score. So, Yorton, just take a guess. What did this movie get in Rotten Tomatoes? On Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to go 88. 88. Okay. Um, This movie got in 86 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a good guess, Yorton. I think you probably would have oh, won this yeah. week. Sure. <laughs> I because I would have probably went higher. I would have gone like ninety. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I would have went higher. <laughs> um, it had a ninety-two audience score. Um, the box office. I'm sorry. It had a fifteen million dollar budget. It made nineteen point six million. But you've got to. I mean, I've got to believe it's made way more since, and just DVD and Blu-ray sales and action figures and video game license and stuff like that. So I feel like it's. It's earned its money back. Roger Ebert, y'all, gave this movie two out of five stars. I mean, two at two point five out of four. That's what I meant to say. He was not a fan. In fact, I I have a clip of Siskel and Ebert where he talks about it briefly. Give me a second here. It starts at the two minute and fifty. In the winter seconds. of nineteen. 1980- Let me get there, and I will share the screen with you guys, and you can kind of watch along with me. All right, hold on one second. Great podcasting. All right. Y'all see it? Here we go. Later, there's a terrific blood test where they try and check out who is human, who is not. I wish this movie were less ugly than it is because in terms of storytelling and suspense and that subtext of suspicion of one's fellow man, this is actually a very well-made movie. But at regular intervals, no doubt about it, it does gross one out. So, a mixed review for the thing for me. I'm going to recommend it, but serve notice that a lot of people who see it will be made sick by it. I think that's probably an understatement. I would call this the barf bag movie of July. I have some problems with it. One of them is, I think, the characters. They're not made into three-dimensional people. Their function is to walk down the corridor and be jumped on. The other thing is plausibility. Once they figure out that this thing can turn into one of them, they ought to institute a watertight buddy system, but instead they have all kinds of loopholes. People walk out into the snow, come back with a grin on their face, so that the story is totally implausible, and the movie just basically is an excuse for this very gruesome and repellent creature to gross us out. It is okay. the most nauseating thing I've ever seen on a movie screen, I think. That's quite a statement. I <laughs> yes, think, I, I think, think I'll stand behind Yeah, it. I think that the uh, movie for me, though, isn't about those characters as individual people. I think that's why they can be interchangeable. I think that it's about how a society, this little group here, mm-hmm. wants the poison, they think something's going wrong, you're, you're not in the group, you're out. Move, just uh-huh. that line, move away to one side, is a very mm-hmm. chilling thing. And I think if you read the movie in that way, then the implausibilities well, at, your, at your level mean very little. And so you sit there wishing, and I do wish, that it were a lot cleaner. Well, I think, Gene, though, that you, I've got uh, news for you, and that is that 99% of the people who go to see this movie are go- there to see the monsters, and very few of them are going to read it as your kind of uh, allegory of McCarthyism. That we will see. All right, so... So, oh, I want to say that... Um, there is a particular um, podcast that is out talking about the relationship between Siskel and the Ebert on the ringer. that has a... What? Is it on the ringer? I... I mm. oh, sorry, keep going. I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry, man. Keep going. I, no, we've, we've supported the ringer. We've said, okay. No, we've said the ringer on this podcast before. I'm just like, okay, we'll speak about the ringer verse. We're big fans. We're big fans. I am. I'm not trying to shout out any other movie podcast because we're the only one. (laughs) Um, 
Yes, we are the internet's only movie podcast. Uh, so, no, ironically, The Ringer actually started releasing uh, a couple episodes on one of their podcasts uh, talking about uh, Siskel and Ebert in their relationship. So, I thought that was very good that you played that, Ray. Um, I suggest, uh, I guess, some of our listeners, if you're li- still listening, still with us, apparently some of y'all are. So, shout out to y'all who are still with us. Um, Jared shouts you guys out every episode, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, so if y'all are really big movie buffs, that's a good podcast to listen to. So they're two of the foremost film critics. Obviously, we bring up Roger Ebert every episode. Uh, Siskel left us far too soon. But they had a really dynamic relationship. Um, and as you just heard, that's pretty much what they do all the time. I uh, I need to check it out because it's fun watching these movies and going back and typing in Siskel and Ebert and then the movie name on YouTube and kind of seeing what they said about the movie at the time. It's really fun to hear that. Um, so Siskel, he's the best. I mean, not Ebert. Yeah, Siskel's great. Ebert's the best. But hey, even the best are wrong sometimes. All right, he, he's wrong <laughs> about this movie. Let's just be clear. I will say though, he wasn't wrong where they didn't make the best decisions and they should have been sticking more together, but. Like I said, I don't fault the movie for it because when people are in stressful situations, they don't make the best decisions. Yeah, you have to allow for human error, right? Um, Jared, I know your answer. Yorton, would you recommend this movie? Yes, I would recommend this movie. I, I, I think me and Jared would say this is a must-watch. This is like if you're going to make a list of 100 movies to watch before you die, this is on that list for me at least. Jared, same thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Me and Jared are putting it in there. Yorton, I am curious where you stand, though. I wasn't going to put it in the Hall of Fame, but I'm perfectly fine with both of you voting right. it in. With the Hall it's of all Fame. right. It's in there. We're both happy. Um, I do want to say, before we before we move on, um, I'm playing a video game right now for the podcast coming up next week that I'm just going to record by myself. I, I asked some questions on the... There's a subreddit called Outpost 31. And it's a John Carpenter subreddit, and it's based on the name of the, the outpost in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I just asked people to send in comments and questions and remarks because I was doing the podcast, and I got a lot of good feedback, and I'm excited. I'm going to read some of those on the episode next week. Um, but you, you, the, the, it's a direct sequel to this movie. So you play as a rescue team, a member of a rescue team, and you you get to Outpost 31 – and it's destroyed, and you're kind of like walking through the remains, and it's really cool. I'm a huge fan of going back to places afterwards and kind of seeing what's been done, right? Um, I wrote this. No, I'm not going to go into that. Never mind. But there's a there's a moment where I was playing, and it's cool because I was like, oh, my God. I just found the spaceship that was being built that was in the movie. It's really cool. And then I come across this shack that's kind of burnt down, and I see Childs. It's there's not it's not a big reveal or anything. It's just there's this character laying there dead who is child's and it says this person must have frozen to death. And I was like, Oh shit, but where's Kurt Russell? And Kurt Russell is not in that shack. And so I'm hoping the the game answers that question later on. And there's another level where you go to the Norwegian base and it and it's cool the detail they put in this game that's from the movie because i i found the guy that they saw with the with his neck like cut through almost right i found (laughs) the same guy and i was like oh shit this is so cool because it felt like for a brief moment with those terrible graphics that i was exploring the same world that the characters in the movie were it was just really fun um next week y'all we're gonna watch 2011's the thing and it serves as a prequel to this movie and if I remember right, I think it's about the the Norwegian crew. So I I don't I remember I saw it once, but I honestly don't remember anything. I know what the kind of response is, but I'm excited to watch this. Jared, have you seen it? I have not, but it has Mary Elizabeth Wamstad, so I'm excited. <laughs> so you're in Hall <laughs> of Fame. Put it in. I'm I'm curious because prequels don't really work well, but there is a story to be told there. I don't know if it's going to differ much from this movie though it seems like the same shit happened to them that happened in this movie so it's almost like a reboot almost but it's not it's just telling the story of the the norwegian crew so that'll be fun i want to see the connective tissue that's what i'm looking for in this movie 
how does it connect you know any any words before we about the upcoming movie uh the upcoming movie before we sign off y'all i don't know just um watch this movie more than one time please i want i'm actually <laughs> gonna watch it again like i i'm excited to rewatch it within the next week or so there's i want to kind of pick up on stuff that i think i missed all right y'all that's it thank you guys for listening we will be back next week with 2011's the thing 